What's up, Raider Nation? Matt Holder from Silver and Black Pride. We've got our Friday show going over the news and the questions for the week. Reminder to have your questions answered on the show. Either tweet them at me, adamholder95, or email them to sbpquestions1 at gmail.com, adamholder95 on Twitter, or sbpquestions1 at gmail.com via email. Let's get to it. I'll start things off with our most exciting news of the week, and that's Hunter Renfro is going to the Pro Bowl. Renfro's agency, MGC Sports, tweeted out that he's been selected as an AFC alternate for the All-Star game this season. The wideout was the Raiders' first receiver to eclipse the 1,000-yard mark since 2016 and had 103 receptions, one shy of Tim Brown's single-season franchise record for a wide receiver. Renfro will join teammates Max Crosby, A.J. Cole, and Denzel Perryman for the Pro Bowl in Las Vegas on February 6th. I've got some more head coach updates for you guys. The Raiders reached out to the San Francisco 49ers to request to interview the defensive coordinator Tomiko Ryans, who is expected to interview shortly after the NFC Championship game this weekend. Ryans was a second-round pick back in 2006 and enjoyed a 10-year career as a linebacker and earned a first-team All-Pro selection before breaking into coaching as the 49ers' defensive quality control coach in 2017. He became the linebacker's coach shortly thereafter and helped develop players like Fred Warner and Dre Greenlaw. After Robert Sala headed to New York to coach the Jets this past offseason, Ryans was promoted defensive coordinator and San Francisco's defense ranked third in total yards and ninth in points surrendered this season. Ryans has become a popular head coach candidate lately as he interviewed with the Minnesota Vikings early this week for their vacancy. I hinted that this and went over Todd Bowles' resume last week and the Raiders officially requested to interview him on Tuesday and held said interview with the Buccaneers defensive coordinator and former Jets head coach on Thursday. Rumors have been swirling back and forth that the Raiders and New England Patriots offensive coordinator Josh McDaniels have mutual interests, and on Thursday, Las Vegas officially reached out to New England for permission to interview McDaniels, and the interview is now scheduled for Friday. McDaniels has spent two stints with the Pats and put together some pretty impressive offenses. Maybe none more was more impressive than this past season when they averaged the sixth most points per game with the rookie quarterback and Mac Jones under center. However, McDaniels' resume is muddied up by the two years he spent as the Denver Broncos head coach, where he had an 11-17 record. It's been rumored that the Patriots' offensive coordinator will come in a head coach-slash-general manager package deal with Pat's executive Dave Ziegler, who the Raiders interviewed last week. Both McDaniels and Ziegler reportedly think high of Las Vegas' starting quarterback Derek Carr, so there are rumblings that Carr could be in line for extension if those two were to get hired. In other Patriots coaches-slash-Raiders head coach news, Gerard Mayo held his interview with the club on Monday. Mayo has been pretty busy with interviews around the league and has apparently been pretty impressive, so we'll see what happens. Keeping the momentum going with the Raiders' job openings, the GM search was in full swing as well. An internal name popped up this week, Dwayne Joseph, Raiders Director of Pro Personnel. Joseph primarily helps with landing free agents in the offseason and looking for players on the waiver wire during the regular season and has spent over 24 seasons in the NFL with the Raiders, Chicago Bears, Miami Dolphins, and Philadelphia Eagles, and he also played in the league for three years. Las Vegas did request to interview another external candidate this week, President of Player Personnel for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, John Spitek. Spitek has been in Tampa for the last six seasons and has 18 years of total NFL experience. He also spent time with the Denver Broncos, Cleveland Browns, Philadelphia Eagles, and Detroit Lions. The Raiders also reached out to the Falcons about their national scout, Rustin Webster, who was the Titans GM from 2012-2015 and has been in the league since 1988. Steelers broke scouting coordinator Brandon Hunt was also asked about the job this week, bringing the count up to eight known candidates for the Raiders opening. 
One of those eight is Ed Dawes from the Indianapolis Colts, who interviewed this week, and according to multiple people, it went very well, and he seems to be the favorite as of right now. Last Friday, another news story broke about Raiders cornerback Nate Hobbs. Hobbs was cited for reckless driving after being clocked at 110 miles per hour on the freeway. He was not arrested, but reports are that his car was towed. Hobbs was just speeding and wasn't drinking or driving or anything along those lines, but this does come about two weeks after he was arrested on suspicion of DUI after being found asleep in the driver's seat of his car that was parked on the exit ramp in a parking garage near the Strip. Speaking of that matter, the Las Vegas Police Department released a statement the other day stating that Hobbs' toxicology report showed that he was under the legal limit for UDUI, so he just has to pay a $685 fine, complete a victim impact panel, and 20 hours of community service. Hobbs' next court date is set for March 23rd, and he will also be submitting to an alcohol treatment program provided by the NFL and NFLPA. One of our writers, Ray Espura, wrote an article on the other day on the Raiders' salary cap situation heading into the offseason, so I figured I'd share a few of the highlights with you guys. The Raiders are projected to have about $27.5 million in cap space this offseason. However, several key contributors from last season are scheduled to be unrestricted free agents, like cornerback Casey Hayward, Right tackle Brandon Parker, that one should be an easy decision though. Defensive tackle Quentin Jefferson, wide receiver Zay Jones, cornerback Brandon Faison, and defensive tackle Jonathan Hankins. Vegas will also have one restricted free agent, fullback Alec Ingold, and they'll have one exclusive rights free agent, safety Roderick Teamer. Ray's full article is up on the site, so make sure you guys go check it out. Alright, mailbag time. Reminder, to have your questions answered on the show, tweet them at me, adamholder95, or email them to sbpquestions1 at gmail.com. First question, do you believe what David Carr said on the Colin Cowherd show that Derek might leave if he doesn't get what he wants? So for those of you guys who missed this, David Carr came on Colin Cowherd's show and talked, and he even said at the beginning of it that he hasn't talked to Derek and he was speaking more as an analyst, but David basically said that if the Raiders don't kind of give Derek Carr a sort of a support structure to kind of be able to win and start to win now that he might want to ask for a trade or try to leave next year in free agency and or basically suggesting that Derek might want an out if he doesn't get some uh, some help in this offseason and part of it was brought up with in context with Rich Bisacci and all that but again Derek David basically had said that there might be some sorts of speculation that his brother might leave the Raiders if you know for some reason they don't give him the support that he feels he needs which, take that for what it is, because it's not from Derek, but is slightly different than what Derek had uh, shared during the offseason when he said, I would rather retire than play for the Raiders. And do I believe it? I think a little bit. I think I talked about this uh, before. I think if you're Derek, you can get frustrated if the re- the organization is going to go into another rebuild. You're entering year nine. You've been through like four different rebuilds at this point. So I think it's definitely on the table. I don't think it's probably as dramatic as David is. I think David's a little bit more dramatic, and I don't think I don't know how much of in touch with he is with Derek. Obviously, he's going to be more in touch than any sort of any analyst. But I do think he has a little bit of a flair for the dramatic, a little bit why he's a good guy on TV. So I don't know how drastic it really is, and what exactly it means to be, you know, if Derek gets quote unquote gets what he wants or gets the support he needs, what exactly that looks like. You know, Devontae Adams was brought up. And I'm sure the Raiders will make a push at him because, one, he's a great receiver. And, two, if your quarterback is clamoring for him, you should probably go after that guy. But I do think, again, there is some weight to the argument that Derek might take off or might want to start to look at leaving and going somewhere else 
if the team is going to start to rebuild. And I mean, I, I can't really say I blame him again. I know he had the quote that's probably going to get recirculated if that does happen about him, you know, would rather retiring than playing anywhere else. But again, that was, you know, like several controversies ago, dealt with a lot of crap since that comment. So I can see him getting frustrated if the organization does want to start to like hit the reset button, especially with the new head coach and the new GM. But I do think David's being a little dramatic, probably a little flair for the television and whatnot, do something for the cameras. But I think the door is open. Again, the door is open. I just don't know how wide open it is right now. With the Senior Bowl right around the corner and draft coverage ramping up, I'm interested in potential QBs that can be drafted outside of the first round. And do you think the Raiders should be looking into one with Carr's expiring contract? So one guy that I'm looking forward to watching at the quarterback position at the uh, at the Senior Bowl is going to be Billy Zape, and I believe I'm butchering that name out of Western Kentucky. For those of you guys that don't know, that don't follow a whole lot of uh, whole lot of Hilltoppers football out there in Western Kentucky. Uh, Billy Zape ended up breaking all of Joe Burrow's records, I believe, this season, including the bowl game and all that stuff, uh, for all of his passing records, had a phenomenal year, was their conference player of the year. Um, so as a guy that I'm really look, excited to see what he can do against a little bit higher competition, I don't know a whole lot about him other than he's you know obviously a notable prospect and a guy that uh, has set a bunch of records because I didn't catch too many uh, Western Kentucky games this year, as you probably could have imagined. So I'm excited to see what he can do against that better competition and get some exposure to him. I think he's a guy, I think right now I just looked, he's probably looking at like a third round grade. Big week in Mobile could help boost that up. But he's definitely a guy I think the Raiders could look into. And the other name I'll give you is going to be Carson Strong out of Nevada. You probably have already heard of him already. He's actually from, uh, I believe, Vallejo or, um, excuse me, Fairfield, somewhere around that area. So somewhat of a local guy having uh, some sort of roots to the Bay Area a little bit. But Guy with a big arm out of Nevada. Um, really like what I've seen from him, like I said, from an arm strength standpoint. I think he kind of struggles with the accuracy. I haven't paid too much attention to the quarterback class right now just because that's not a huge need for the Raiders. So, I, again, kind of going off the top of my head and just kind of what I've seen from uh, a few other publications and uh, a few games that I've watched of him. But another guy that I'm really excited to see about because, again, he's definitely got the talent. It's just a matter of can he put it all together. So those are the two names I would look at from the Senior Bowl and keep an eye on. Um, I know Malik Willis is going to be there too. I don't think he's going to be a first-round guy. I'm not as sold on Malik Willis. Again, we'll see how he does in Mobile. And that's kind of the thing with this quarterback class is I don't know if there's a whole lot of guys. Not only are there not guys that aren't in the top of the class, I don't think there's a great middle either. I mean, we'll see how it all shakes out. And as far as do I think the Raiders should be looking into one with Carr's expiring contract, well, I think they should just based on the fact that Mariota is going to be a free agent this year. And I mean, as much as I love Nathan Peterman, I wouldn't really feel comfortable with him as the backup uh, unless the plan is to bring in a veteran as the backup. I'd kind of like to see them draft somebody in the middle rounds to at least fill that role. And if you do that too, not only do you solve your backup quarterback problem, but kind of like you pointed out with cars expiring contract, you do have a uh, fail-safe just in case and have a guy that maybe you can develop. So maybe you can get a guy like a Billy Zape, like I was talking about, who has phenomenal numbers, who had outstanding production, and kind of take a gamble on him and not have it be too big of a gamble without being a first or a high pick and not having to just throw him out in the wolves for year one with Carr around. But yeah, I definitely think the Raiders should be looking into a quarterback um, regardless of Carr's contract situation because obviously they need a backup. And then that kind of just makes it worse or makes it not necessarily worse, but uh, I guess expedites the need a little bit. The fact that Carr could leave this year or even next year. So I definitely think they'll be 
in the market, just not in the way that we think they are. They're the way that we've kind of kicked around the last few years with uh, them maybe taking someone in the first round. But I definitely think they should be looking for at least a backup in this year's draft. Who do you think will be the next GM and head coach of the Raiders? Well, as we kind of learned earlier, it kind of be tied to tied. Obviously, if they want to bring in McDaniels, it sounds like him and Ziegler are going to be the uh, the package deal up there. But I think the guys that are going to be, as I'm going to stick to the Harbaugh stance that I think I've said, that's one name that I continuously hear from people. And Ed Dawes is the other one who, again, heard you interviewed really well. And he has some connections to the Raiders, um, having coached there before. So I think that's going to weigh heavily on Mark Davis's mind. And again, I really get the sense that he's kind of the favorite right now. Now, who they want to bring in as the head coach, you know, Mark Davis likes McDaniels better than... uh, he does, you know, Ed Dodds, that could play a factor in, you know, Ed Dodds being hired. But if I had to put my money on it right now, I would say Harbaugh and I'll go with uh, Ed Dodds. And then probably the second in the line would probably be the mcdaniel Ziegler combination, combination. And so I think those two are going to kind of be tied at the hip as, as we move forward throughout this process. Or I should say those two together with the, or those pairings will be tied together. So those four will kind of be simultaneous with each other over the next few weeks. All right, last question here. Championship week predictions, or championship weekend predictions, excuse me. So for those of you that didn't catch my picks last week, I went 3-1, and one, so if you missed them, sorry, but you're missing out. I'm, I'm on fire right now. 9-1 and one in my Moneyline picks, and I'm killing it against the spread right now. So I'll do the same thing as last week. I'll give you guys a spread pick, and I'll give you guys a winner. First game, we're going Bengals-Chiefs. Bengals at the Chiefs for the AFC Championship. Bengals getting seven points. Give me the points with the Bengals, but I'm taking the Chiefs on the money line. I I mean, again, I just feel like the Chiefs are they're the best team in football right now. I think I feel like they're they're on their way to another Super Bowl. Although I felt that way about the Packers and they lost last week, so that was the one pick I've gotten wrong. So hopefully, again, I'm giving them that uh that good old Matt Holder jinx. But yeah, I like like Bengals plus seven. Unfortunately, Chiefs money line at home. And then let's see here, 49ers Rams. 49ers getting three and a half. Rams minus three and a half. I'm going to I got to go. I got to say, guys, I'm going with the Niners all the way. Give me the points. Give me them on the money land. Get that extra juice for the money. I just feel like the Niners have the Rams number. I think uh, Mina Kimes is breaking it down, not necessarily talking about, you know, McVay being in uh, Shanahan's mind or anything like that, but just the Niners being a good matchup for the Rams or matching up with the the Rams really well with how they want to run the ball and how the Rams off or the Rams defense is structured and then vice versa with the with the 49ers defense and the Rams offense when the Rams want to run the ball and the 49ers have a really good pressure or the really good front four to stop the run and that front four also helps them get pressure without blitzing which Matt Stafford and just about everybody every quarterback uh, kind of struggles with nowadays so yeah Give me the Niners and the Chiefs in a rematch of the Super Bowl from a few years ago. Hopefully the Niners will pull it out this time. But yeah, I, f- I get the feeling too. The Niners just kind of feel like that team of destiny right now. They're they're firing all cylinders. I love the Jimmy Garoppolo debates. I still can't believe that they're in this position despite Jimmy Garoppolo quite honestly playing terrible in the playoffs. But hey, here we are. Give me the Niners the plus three and a half. Give me the Niners money line. I'm not as confident about this pick, but screw it. We got to put the money on it somewhere, right? Well, that's all I've got for you this week. As I'm sure most of you guys know, I'm going to be at the Cedar Bowl next week, so I'm not sure if I'll have time for the podcast, but I will be coming back with plenty of information on draftable guys for the Raiders, so let's try and pump up the questions over the next couple of weeks. As always, follow me on Twitter, at mholder95. 
follow Silver and Black Pride. Please rate, review, subscribe, and download wherever you listen to podcasts. Until next time, guys.